this is a very important chapter. Chapters 3 and 4 are very key chapters because they are sort of the guts of a language. 3 was the verb, now we get the noun. Now with that, you can make sentences that are more than he sees. You know, I mean, now we actually have objects that are possible and so on. Now, let me talk about some basics first. Now, we dealt with some of this in the English Review for Greek. The first and most important thing you have to remember is that Greek is an inflected language. And we talked about that before. And by inflected, I mean that Greek is going to use various forms to indicate the function of words in a sentence. Or here's another way to put it. It will use various forms to indicate how meanings are related to each other. Now, we basically, as we said in English Review for Greek, we basically see this only in pronouns in our language. So we would say that there is inflection in the pronouns he, his, and him. So in those three forms, he, his, and him, those are not three words. They are three inflections of the masculine singular personal pronoun. And we have this in other pronouns as well, who, who, whose, whom, okay? The plurals of the personal pronoun, we would see this we, our, us. Those are not three different words. Those are inflections of the same word which indicate function. So to just take that we one, you use we when you're expressing a subject. You use us when you're expressing an object. They saw us. They saw us. We saw they. No, them. So you've got to use the right form given the function. Well, that's the way Greek is going to be throughout. Now, in our language, we basically have three forms. We have a nominative for the subject. Such as, and this is subject, such as, for example, he. We have a genitive to show possession, as, for example, his. And now we have, and I I guess in English, you could probably just call this the object case or objective case. Let me, let me do that to indicate indirect object or direct object, him. I gave him the money, I saw him. See, either one is going to use him. Now, the principal difference in a language like Greek or German is they will split off the objective cases. And you'll have one for direct object and one for indirect object. 
So, what we are actually going to have, now watch what I'm going to do with the chart here. What we're going to have in Greek is something like this. We're going to have the dative for indirect object, and then we're going to have the accusative for direct object. And like I say, for our language, we basically use the same form. Some books in English will call that the accusative case, and some will call it the objective case. But um, accusative is maybe better. I'm talking about English now. Uh, it's maybe better if we call it accusative because the direct object's way more frequent than the indirect object. Exactly, exactly. So if you say, uh, uh, listen to something like this. She sent him, now if you put money, that's an indirect object. She sent him to Brazil, now it's a direct object. Right, yeah, we do not have, for example, we do not have an indirect object with an ending like, uh, let's say, hib, all right? So, Supposing we had hib instead, then you'd say, she sent hib money. She sent hib the car. She sent him to Brazil. See, it all work out very nicely. But we don't actually have that. We, we actually um, uh, do it the same way. Now, I'll tell you why I think that is new. It's because of our possibility of expressing the indirect object in a prepositional phrase, too. And all prepositions in English take the accusative case. See, just think of the other pronouns. To her, to them, to us, right? To him. I, she sent money to him. So I think it probably just transitioned from that. But that's really what the situation is. Now, what we have in Greek is we do de definitely have a separate form for this and a separate form for that. 